0: to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Vambergas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, or your truth journey brought you here, welcome home. And to listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, going back all the way to 2008... You know what to do. Go to VeritasRadio.com and subscribe. Come on, stop delaying it. You'll never get this information via the mainstream media. Give yourself the gift of truth. Tonight, we will have an in-depth discussion on humanity's Anunnaki origins and the Anunnaki battle for an intelligent versus enslaved humanity. Was humanity genetically engineered by an Anunnaki scientist Were the concepts of sin and the inferiority of women part of the plan to keep humanity underdeveloped, clashing with the gods, as well as humanity's long history of conflict? Has the concept of good and evil duality never truly existed, and it has been only enemy gods fighting and implicating humanity in the wake of their own competition for power? Tonight's discussion will give us a full psychological understanding of how the ancient gods have shaped humanity's ongoing history of conflict so we can move beyond the framework of my God versus your evil. Having this knowledge will help us steer our own planetary destiny. All of this and much more with tonight's special guest, Dr. Chris H. Hardy, right now on Veritas. Dr. Chris H. Hardy, PhD, holds a doctorate in ethnopsychology, a cognitive scientist and former researcher at Princeton's Psychophysical Research Laboratories. She has spent many years investigating non-local consciousness through systems theory, chaos theory, and her own semantic field theory, the author of many research papers and published books, including The Sacred Network, and the latest, DNA of the Gods. The Anunnaki Creation of Eve and the Alien Battle for Humanity. It is a number one bestseller on Amazon. And to learn more about Dr. Hardy and her work, we have links on our website. And directly from Avignon, France, I'm privileged to welcome Dr. Chris Hardy. Good evening, Dr. Hardy, and welcome to Veritas. How are you? Uh,
1: Hello. Hello, Mel. I'm uh, very, very fine here in France. I'm very happy to be on Veritas.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. Glad to have you on, especially when we'll be discussing the who are we and where do we come from questions. Let's start with the foundation of our discussion. According to the Sumerian tablets, where do we come from? Where do we begin as a species?
1: Uh, We had uh, uh, some kind of uh, a human species. Uh, which uh, who was living on a nomad planet and uh, who happened at one point uh comp- uh according to the tablet something like uh, uh four hundred fifty uh, thousand years ago who happened to uh get uh, into the uh, court into the um, gravitation field of, uh, our, uh, solar system, and so, uh, the, their nomad planet started to get into, uh, and they describe this very well in, uh, in the Sumerian tablets. I mean, Sumerian, you know, is a, is a generic term because we have, uh, something like six or seven different languages, and we have, uh, tablets that are on clay. And, uh, dating back, uh, to, uh, 3,500 years old, uh, the, the oldest one we have, uh, uncovered until now, because we keep uncovering some. So basically you had this, uh, uh, species called, the Nibirian on this planet Nibiru. And at one point when they, on their perigee, when they reach uh, near uh, Earth, they kind of jump uh, with uh, space uh, chi- ships. They they came to visit Earth. And Enki was the first one. So you had a king, uh, you had a royal uh, lines, uh, quite uh, disorder because they kept fighting and taking the kingship from one to the other one. But basically, we at the time, Enki is the first one to come to. Uh, to Earth, uh, Anu, uh, his father, is the king, and he sent his son uh, firstborn because he's a, t- a top scientist, and uh, they are going to come and look for gold because their their own uh, uh, ozone layer is uh, in very bad shape, and they want to spray uh, gold ions in uh, to repair their ozone layer.
0: If Nibiru exists, as the Sumerian tablets indicate, did it always have an elliptical orbit within our solar system, or was it captured while it was traversing space? And then every 3,600 years, uh, a Nibirian year comes around.
1: No, it was it was uh, certainly a nomad planet because they describe their first entry on 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 the very uh, faraway planet, you know, the giant uh, Gezeus chance. Uh, all the descriptions they give in the tablets are very very precise, and we were able to. Um, and to uh ascertain their veracity only uh in recent years we with, with uh, the kind of uh, sound we have uh, sent into the cosmos so uh it was first of all they were somewhere in between solar systems uh in f- affect uh, space and, and then they were attracted by the gravitation field of our solar system. So the first time they came, uh, at the beginning they described, uh, I mean, Sitchin was the one to do the calculation uh, with the year of Anu and to transcribe it. Uh, and, uh, uh, the first, uh, for a very 400,000 years, because they came like 450,000, as I said. And, uh, they were having this uh, very elliptical orbit that uh, was uh, coming near Earth on its perigee every 3,500 years, as you just said. Uh, but very interesting question you ask me, because when, uh, when the deluge happened, uh, the deluge, they knew it was going to happen because, uh, they had observed that, uh, this time, uh, at the time of the deluge, of course, we had a whole Anunnaki uh, culture and civilization on Earth who had already, uh, as we know, uh, created uh, the human race. Uh, and, uh, they knew, uh, they were going, there was going to be some uh, enormous uh, catastrophe, like a deluge or a huge uh, uh, tsunami, and uh, etc. And uh, they had prepared themselves, uh, the Anunnaki. Uh, they had prepared to either go back to Nibiru uh, for the time of the deluge or uh, uh, stay uh, in orbit uh, while uh, all this uh, catastrophe was going on. Uh, but uh, at that point, it seems like uh, the catastrophe in question, which was uh, the fact that Nibiru came too near some planets and then Earth, uh, and changed our, you know, huge gravitational, send a huge gravitational uh, waves, you know, that created the deluge. Uh, the, this uh, catastrophe change, seems to have changed uh, the uh, elliptical orbit of Nibiru and change the time of uh, the orbiting. That's what Sichin was uh, came as a conclusion, and uh, I believe uh, I believe him because this part I I am not uh, so confident uh, with what I know.
0: When you say a nomad planet, I'm, I'm just having a hard time understanding how a nomad planet without its own its own sun or star can survive. How does that happen? Uh,
1: uh, well, figures that uh, it's a new discovery in science, and that's why I use the name. Uh, they are called also, uh, I forgot, uh, let's keep Nomad Planet, it's beautiful and nice, and uh, basically, it's only uh, I'm sure, it's like a one year, I would say, uh, that we have discovered that they were uh, the vast majority of planets are not uh, into uh, bound to a solar system and orbiting the sun of this solar system. The majority of uh, of planets that are orbiting that are not uh, small rocks, you know, like asteroid or something. No, they are real planets, and they even have moons. They can have moons. And, and they are uh, orbiting the galaxy and not uh, a sun but if they if they come too near at one point a solar system then they are going to be attracted by the gravitational field of this solar system now that's what happened. So this is very very interesting Mel, because what's happening is that... Uh, at the time, uh, Sichin was starting to uh, translate correctly uh, the tablets because he understood that we had ancient aliens that had a very, very highly developed civilization and they had uh, starships and uh, uh, they could travel from uh, star to star and, and Uh, At that time, uh, many, many things were not known. I mean, we're talking about the 70s or maybe the end of the 60s, and... Uh, it's only uh, now, and uh, on, on during the life of the many uh, many information came. Like, uh, for example, the color, the, the the text. I mean, the composition of the atmosphere uh, on the soul of uh, the different uh, uh, gaseous planet, and then uh, the the planet nearest nearest to us, and all these. Uh, each time we have uncovered something like the capacity, for example, to a genetic engineer, Dolly uh, uh, the sheep, uh, all this, you know, has always been corroborating the information that we had uncovered in the tablets. So that's a very, very pretty high... uh indirect proof i would say that uh, we are talking about a real scientific uh, science that was uh, explained you know in the tablet
0: i just want to understand nomad planet traversing the cosmos without any light i wonder how what kind of light do they have within the planet but let's say that it came to our solar system and correct me if i'm wrong But did it collide with the planet used to be known as Tiamat, which is now uh, the asteroid belt or known as the, uh, what's the word that I want to use, the the hammered bracelet. And also it took a chunk off, and this is one of the moons actually, one of the moons of Nibiru that, that collided with Tiamat. It's now the asteroid belt and part of it moved and is now planet Earth, am I correct?
1: Yes, absolutely, Uh, it was, uh, you have to understand that, of course, if it had been uh, uh, a crash uh, between uh, Nibiru, the nomad planet, and uh, uh, our own planet, for example, any planet, if it had been a direct crash of Nibiru itself with uh, whatever, uh, Nibiru would not exist. We wouldn't either. uh, No, we would not either. And on the, and But uh, what happened is that it's a moon of uh, Nibiru who crashed with a giant planet that was uh, at the place uh, between Mars and Saturn where we have now, on Jupiter, where we have now uh, uh, the asteroid belt. So, as you said part of the planet uh was uh sent into space, but started orbiting at the same ellipse at the same uh, orbit, of course, because this those are the laws of physics so the all the chunks, big or small, you know you have uh I don't millions of uh, tiny, tiny uh, chunks of uh, pebbles uh, in this, uh, and bigger, bigger chunk also in this asteroid belt. And they call it hammer bracelet. Uh, And uh, a big chunk of Tiamat, this planet was called Tiamat, was, uh, was, uh, uh, was pushed uh, with incredible, uh, enormous uh, impact by the explosion of part of uh, Tiamat, on on, on the shock, you know, and it was, it was uh, shifted to an inner, a more uh, inside orbit uh, towards the sun and that's our earth now what's very interesting is that again something that's not uh, data that are not like uh, more than two years I would say two 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 and a half years I would say uh, we know now Uh, at least about the moon, that the moon was, uh, was created at the same time as Earth by a giant um, collision of a mass that was a planetary mass that was the size of Mars and that uh, impacted on the proto Earth, you know, on this uh, enormous collision. Uh, first of all, uh, created the moon. I mean, that's what science believe right now, and uh, is uh, still uh, imprinted on uh, our planet. That's also very, very interesting.
0: But isn't the the elements found on the moon different than what it's found on Earth? Therefore, the moon was not actually related to Earth.
1: Well, I, I would not, uh, I, I am not cognizant enough of uh, astrophysics uh, to tell you this. Uh, I'm not an expert uh, on this. I'm a cognitive psychologist who happened to discover incredible, incredible data that are uh, absolutely essential to our collective uh, psyche as uh, human beings. Uh, so I leave I leave this uh, very very pointed uh, question uh, to uh, to people that are that would be more uh, I mean uh, certainly uh, going very very deep into this kind of subject. Fair uh, enough. What? Yes.
0: Fair enough, and, and yes, I just start to understand because. If it's true that the Anunnaki came here to mine gold and created a slave species, I'm just trying to understand. If their planet, Nibiru, was captured by our our solar system's orbit, does that mean that now that they have the influence of the UV rays from our sun, they need to protect themselves, their atmosphere? And that's why they came to Earth to protect their atmosphere with gold, and that's why they came here to create a slave species that could mine that gold for them?
1: Growth uh, in uh, in general, this is uh, globally. I would say this is exactly what happened. Um, at the same time, when when we start uh, going back to Enki, you know, when when we we have to understand that uh, the king Anu had uh, two sons. One was uh, Enki, the firstborn. And the second one, and he, the first born from a concubine, and the second one was uh, going to be his hair. Uh, and he was born from his uh, spouse and, and half-sister, which was a custom in uh, Sumer, like we have uh, also in Egypt. And, uh, <clears throat> and uh, so Enki, uh, as a head scientist, come to us, and... Uh, uh, and then they, they see that they, there is a lot of gold. Yes. Uh, he found, he finds gold very quickly. And so they decide to, uh, to come, uh, uh, down to Earth by groups of, uh, 50. It seems like, uh, only at, uh, at the Perigee, they could, uh, jump, uh, on Earth with their, uh, space shift, uh, ships. And, uh, 50 by 50. Uh, now you have to understand that, uh, part of the cargo was also, uh, the gold they were bringing back, uh, to Nibiru. Uh, so yes, basically, uh, that was the reason why they came. But when you, when you uh, when you study the tablets in a very great, uh, depth, uh, you start realizing that Enki is a very, very, uh, interesting on, on, on the very, deep uh, uh, visionary, you would say, and at the same time, he's a, he's a fantastic, he's a head scientist of Nibiru, and then on Earth also, uh, and uh, he had very, very long-term plans. I believe, because uh, you can uh, decrypt his uh, action and the choices he makes all the time, to give knowledge to humanity, uh, to not to stop with Ninma, you know, not to stop the genetic engineering until, uh, the, the earthling is able to be a cultivated, learned, uh, uh, man and woman, and, and they would, they will upgrade, they will keep up- upgrading the, the DNA of uh, the earthling until uh, he gets what he calls, they call in the tablet, a civilized man, uh, and so, on, woman, of course, because uh, then they kept upgrading on the second uh, person. Uh, was a woman, uh, that, uh, the woman that the book calls Eve, and the, the tablet's called Tiamat, from the same name of the original planet, which is interesting.
0: Now, I like to go in chronological order, and we'll definitely discuss the contrast between Enki and El Enlil later. But... Going back to Scripture for a second, we always hear of the story of Adam and Eve and the e- the Garden of Eden, the apple, the serpent, and all that. I wonder how much of that is mythology. And as you know, the word myth changed in time when it used to be sworn statements by priests and kings, and the Roman Catholic Church changed that. But who were Adapa and Titi, the first civilized humans?
1: Um. Well, uh the first uh civilized humans were uh Adamu and the and the Tiamat uh, and they were already uh, at the they could already be uh, taught, you know, writing, they uh they became very uh, very learned. Uh and so they they were already the civilized uh, humanity and, and then only it it went uh, uh, more and more, I mean, on the side of uh, the very civilized uh, humanity until uh, we get to Noah, who uh, is uh, called Zuzudra in the tablets. Uh, so... Uh, Adapa and Titi, uh, so we have, uh, we have some kind of, uh, problem here compared to the, uh, to the book, because, uh, in the book, you have only one couple, Adamu and Tiamat, and, uh, sorry, uh, Adam and Eve, and they are, uh, in the Garden of Eden, and then they birth, uh, Abba, Abel and Cain.
0: Uh, Cain and Abel, or Cain and Abel. Yes.
1: yes. And in the in the in the tablets we have two different couples. Uh, the first one is Adamu and Tiamat. and they are the one to be brought in Eden, meaning Sumer, meaning Mesopotamia, uh, by their uh by the commander of Earth, who is Enlil, the half brother of Enki. We talked about it uh, about him just earlier. And he's a commander of, of Earth. And then, uh, he's he wants to see the new Marvel because, uh, the genetic engineering has been going on in, uh, Southeastern Africa at the level of, uh, Zimbabwe. And so they are brought to Eden. Okay. So, uh, we have this first couple, Adamu and, uh, Tiamat. And, uh, then, uh, as I was saying, uh, Ninma was a genetic engineer, uh, the chief uh, uh, scientist in the life science, while Enki was the chief scientist in uh, in all hard uh, sciences. And uh, Tiamat, uh, as soon as she was able to bring the first civilized man, Adamu. Uh, she started immediately to do some uh to create some clones so that they could work in the gold mines because the assembly of the gods had given their approval to the creation of a hybrid race using their own DNA and mixing it with uh, uh with a biped uh which uh very very certainly was Homo erectus uh, because uh, this happened uh, the creation of uh, adamu uh, finally you know the 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 first successful uh, uh human to be born uh, is uh, happening uh around three hundred and fifty thousand years ago and uh it's so and, the we had, the Homo erectus, which was, uh, already on, uh, existing since, uh, one million, 1.9 mil uh, billion years without any mutation, without, uh, changing. And suddenly, 400,000 years ago, he started its mutation. Uh, toward Homo sapiens, uh, very clearly, so we cannot miss uh, miss it. This is just right uh, in the middle, and we know they had uh, a very, very long time with uh, unsuccessful uh, trials where the the body was not uh, perfect; it was uh, it was not uh, functional, and on, on even uh, less so the mind, of course. Uh, you have to understand that this collision, this is a problem, of course, In uh, even in the tablets, you have some uh, data that is uh, not uh, said clearly, especially for uh, about the very, very long past. But I mean, this uh, collision, uh, planetary collision happened at the formation of Earth. On the formation, the formation of Earth is like, uh, uh, for as as far as science uh, we uh, we know it now, uh, it's like four bi- 4.5 uh, billion. billion years. Right. Yes. Yes. So I don't know what happened. Why we have uh, uh, the clear description of uh, their first arrival on this collision of their moon with uh, the giant planet Tiamat. Uh, and then we have an enormous uh, uh, empty uh, <laughs> empty uh, time of uh, empty of information that uh, jump all the way uh, to uh, 350,000 years ago with the creation of uh, of this first successful creation of adamu this is uh, like this we have some some uh, information about uh, the kingships uh, back, uh, I mean, the the fight for kingship back on uh, on Nibiru with Anu and his predecessor king. Uh, But that's all. It's very, very little information that does not concern humanity precisely.
0: Who was Ninma?
1: So, Ninma was, uh, as I said, uh, Anu had uh, three uh, children at the beginning. Uh, maybe he had more because uh, he had a wife, he had concubines. Uh, I mean, the royals were very, very, uh, um, free in their love life. Uh, but, uh, uh so he had this first born, Enki, who became the, the head scientist. Then, uh, the second born was, uh, uh son was Enlil, who became the commander of Earth, the heir of, uh, Anu, and then he had this uh, daughter uh, called Ninma, and uh, she became uh, already on Nibiru. She became the head scientist uh, in uh, all life sciences, and so when Enki uh, arrives on uh, on Earth and he's looking for gold, and uh, he finds gold, and then uh, he asks the other uh, people to start coming, and, uh, you know, they they start colonizing Earth. Very quickly, at each perigee, every 3,600 years, as I said, at uh, very, very early on, even before Enlil, he asks for Ninma to come because Ninma as a life scientist she is uh, absolutely uh, crucial uh, as a as a, her knowledge is crucial to uh, to start uh, uh, getting some food uh, to start growing uh, seeds uh, and uh, to have uh, uh, domestic animals and so she uh, when Ninma comes she comes with uh, student of her in life sciences, and she comes also with uh, seeds, uh, you know, of grains, and, and uh, that's why, and her first uh, laboratory was in uh, Balbec, and believe it or not, we have found a, a reservoir of very, very ancient seeds in Balbec. this is very, very interesting.
0: Were they responsible for the the structures that we see at Balbeck?
1: Oh, yes, of course. That's, uh, anyway, it's an uh, ancient uh, alien. Huh? cannot be. Right. <laughs> otherwise, it's uh, gigantic. It's uh, cyclopean, as we call it.
0: Yes, yes. So Nima, she was the chief scientist in life sciences and genetics. Does this mean, Dr. Hardy, that humanity was created by a female god?
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, is that uh, astonishing? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, anybody <laughs> who's religious... Is that, it is astonishing. <laughs> yes, yes, and I, I am sure that many of uh, Western religions don't want to hear that. Why is that there's so much ego about that? Why can this be explored?
1: Yes, uh, why don't we have any woman in the plerome? in um uh, in, uh, in our uh, monotheistic religions. This is, in terms of, uh, as a psychologist, uh, this is an incredible, uh, enormous problem that is uh, carried by the woman because uh, we don't have uh, an archetype of uh, in our religions uh, recent. We don't have an archetype of uh, a divine woman. We don't have an archetype of... uh, um, uh, a genial, genius woman. We don't have an archetype of a scientist, uh, a head scientist, et cetera. And, uh, and so, uh, we had this in the ancient uh, religions and politics. So why did we, what did we lose? Uh, I mean, it, it's not only that suddenly you want to have only uh, monotheism, like you want to have a a more abstract uh, kind of uh, religion, which could be uh, understandable. Uh, At the same time, uh, you have to realize that uh, when this shift happened, and we know now that uh, uh, the book was uh, very probably it's not certain yet, uh, written during uh, the captivity in Babylon. We are talking about 400, 500 years ago, uh, before Christ, sorry. So uh, it's very, very recent. And in all ancient, uh, religion, you have, uh, uh, you have Sarasvati, the goddess of music. You have, uh, you have, uh, goddesses of wisdom. Uh, you have Sophia in the Gnostic text, who was the mother of the demurge of the, of the creator. Okay. And, and so this, uh, in, in terms of, uh, uh, the psychological impact that we received, uh, so the study of the Sumerian tablets is a is a trove, is a treasure trove uh for uh healing ourselves from trauma that uh basically did not exist uh apart from inside the way it was interpreted uh millennia after you know on and uh written in a certain form uh, within a certain uh, worldview that, in my sense, was very, very moralistic, and did not belong to the Sumerian civilization.
0: You know, you're mentioning this—the the the, the the absence of the female presence in 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 monotheistic religions, Western religions—and I'm thinking of most of the apparitions. They're female. The majority. I mean, I'm thinking of Our Lady yes. of Fatima, Our Lady of Lourdes, right there in France. You know, yes. female. They they seem to be the ones trying to guide their 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 herd or their flock. Yet, not even one priestess in the Catholic Church. Why is that?
1: Yeah, this is a problem. And fortunately, uh, the Catholic Church, uh, let's say, is evolving. Uh, has been. Making his dogma uh, evolve, and uh, fortunately, uh, finally, you know, the uh, the there is the assumption, the dogma of the assumption of uh, Mary uh, that happened only in uh, 1950. Can you believe it? It's incredible. Before that, there was absolutely no woman presence within the divine realm. You had only the Trinity, uh, perfectly um, male. And apart from the understanding of uh, psychologists like Carl Jung, you know, that he's uh, going to understand uh, the Holy Spirit as being uh, the Sophia uh, of the Gnostic, meaning uh, uh, wisdom, you know.
0: Right. That's why Gnosticism is so important to get to the truth. But in Genesis... Of course, the word Elohim is very prevalent. But I wonder how many people know that the word Elohim is actually plural for God, not God.
1: Yeah, I believe uh, a lot of people know. uh, But it's like, uh, you know, there is uh, is a discovery comes in uh, several phases uh, first of all, you realize on everybody start telling like in the 70s, oh, Elohim is rural. You know, we have a great uh, biblical expert like Suarez and uh, they have a, an approach that is a, a more uh, um, inner, you know, the inward, I would say, and, and mystical and mystical. And symbolic and so they understand and they start t- telling this. But um then you know you have a way to cover uh the fact and give again an easy explanation. Uh and, and so basically it's buried. We everybody knows that. I would say everybody knows that Elohim is plural. However, um something we don't know, for example, is that uh the first, uh, the verb, uh, to, in Hebrew, in ancient Hebrew, the verb to, uh, to say, uh, to pray, uh, meant, in ancient Hebrew, meant to serve. So we were not, and, and we still have the Lords, you know, uh, the, the fact that we call our God Lord, our Lord, it comes from this very ancient civil, civilian uh, civilization in Sumer where they were our lords and we were serving them. That's what we were doing. They had created humanity at, be, at the beginning uh, as far as the assembly of the god gave their approval and as far as uh, Enlil uh, gave his own approval as a commander of earth. They wanted a worker's species. Only in the mind of Enki, Ninma, and the uh, Hermes, one son of Enki, uh, did the the worldview and the approach to, to the creation of uh, humanity was totally different. So we come back to what I was saying uh, earlier in our conversation, is that Enki... As a head scientist, I believe, was extremely aware that even if they were so-called immortal, quasi-immortal, especially compared to us, uh, they still had uh, incredible flaws in their culture uh, and in uh, their psyche. You see their psyche is totally fixated. Uh, they are rigid, you know they they don't evolve they have no self reflection they they are unable to uh ponder their own action and to derive some knowledge from it for the next time. they make again and again the same mistake, so in the mind of Enki, he knew also as a scientist that uh, the ozone layer, even if they had found fortunately a planet full of gold and they must have taken a uh a big part of our gold i must say uh but uh, even if they found uh gold they knew that uh, he knew that they could not keep just patching up their ozone layer which may have been um, uh, damaged by this uh, original collision when they enter our solar system so he, he knew that and for him and Ninma, and Hermes, what they wanted, I believe, is a, a species that was going to be very cultivated, very intelligent, just like them, you know, and that who could take over the reign of the uh, of the planet you know in this part uh, of uh, the solar system and the galaxy.
0: So, why the story of the original sin? Was there any forbidden action carried over, where the creators or creator acting against their superior, and that is why we call it a sin?
1: Um, the, when you look at the tablets, and uh, you you keep in uh, in mind that uh, you have a royal family, okay, uh, the children only have come to earth. Anu and his wife and uh, all the other Anunnaki, apart from 50 by 50 coming to us, you know. Uh For example, we have a number. We know that uh, at one point where humanity was very developed and we had uh, about the time of the Babel Tower or something. Everything is in, the, is in the tablets, by the way. Practically all the events that are in the Genesis are in the tablets. But in a different light. So about the time of the Babel Tower, uh, they, the, the tablet one of the tablets says that there were 400, uh, astronauts in the, 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 space station on Mars. Uh, and they were headed by Marduk, who was the son of Enki. So we have a, a figure there, 400, uh, the, the, they are going to be called in, uh, in the books are going to be called the nephilim. And they are going to be the one who revolt because they have been too long and they are accepted on earth only for a huge feast when Anu and his wife want to come to earth for a visit. And they, they revolt and they decide that they want to marry and they are going to get some wife among the uh, earthling. The beautiful Earthling, while they have so few Anunnaki women that they cannot marry, uh, and so that was a, that was an idea of the number. We are talking about very very little number, and of course we are talking about humanity, uh, mortal. Uh, <laughs> uh, we are reproducing and on, on grow and on, on, uh, growing in uh, in size in uh, on all different parts of uh, of, uh, of the world uh, very, very quickly, of course, compared to them.
0: Now, based on your research, can you describe their civilization? It was obviously highly technological because they had mastered interplanetary travel long before landing on Earth.
1: Yes, of course. And, of course, uh, genetic engineering and everything. Uh on the seed, uh, you know, uh, Ninma does start agriculture. She's the one to start agriculture, farming, uh, everything. She brings the uh, the tree of immortality and the tree of uh, of, of knowing, etc. And on uh, <clears> the... <throat> so their civilization, uh, again, we start with the royal family. We have the two contenders, uh, half-brother, Enki and Enlil. We have uh, Ninma uh, who had a, a quick passion with his, with her full brother Enlil and has been barred uh, from uh, being married and but she will have a relationship afterwards with uh, Enki. And uh, and so they have uh, this very, very open uh, sexuality, uh, which is, of course, in uh, absolute total contrast when you have uh, poems, you know, on uh, the incestuous love and uh, the homosexual love, and uh, you have those poems very, very, very beautiful and and very clearly uh, uh, free, you know. And And this is a problem when you imagine uh, the kind of uh interpretation we have put uh on uh, what happened in the Garden of Eden with the first uh, ever uh, couple being created uh, Adamu Tiamat. so you imagine now that you have uh, very quickly as time goes uh you have the uh, the daughters, you have three generations on earth when we get to the deluge, we have three generations of Anunnaki, Anu being the fourth one, okay? So we have the grand-granddaughter of Anu, uh, who is Inanna, who is going to become uh, the first among the gods and uh, goddesses. And uh, you have each one of them having started his, uh, or her own temper in, uh, of course, especially the clan of Enlil, the other have no right. Uh, so, they have started, each one, to to build their own temple, and around the temple started the city, and then they had uh, human uh, beings uh, being born and, and, and starting to populate, multiply and populate the cities. And those... Uh, uh, earthlings that were in a city like uh, in Inanna city uh, Erek and then Akkad uh, they were of course the devotees of uh, Inanna because they were the population of uh, the city of Inanna and 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 the same with Marduk and the same with Enlil in his own uh, city in uh, Nippur which is of course the greatest city uh, with uh, an uh, uh, observatory and uh, the control uh, for the space travel and everything on the communication uh, with uh, Nibiru. He has uh, everything. So you have, you have to, to visualize uh, uh, that. And, and then you have Enki, uh, who took uh, Africa as his own uh, domain. And, and the whole family of Enki is growing uh, in Africa. On taking each one, of course, uh, some kind of uh, when the new generation comes, you know, starting to uh, get their own domain in in Africa.
0: During my conversation with Zakaria Sitchin, we discussed the Sinai Peninsula and the fact that, you know, it's more or less a dead valley and. Uh, He said the Anunnaki had highly, I mean, you know this, the Anunnaki had highly developed weaponry, nuclear power, and nukes, and so much more technology, including quasi-instant interplanetary communication, high-tech nanocomputers, as well as near-instant travels, whether interplanetary or from one continent to another. This is impressive. Do you think they detonated a nuclear bomb in that area of the world? And if so, why? Was it Enlil- trying to kill Mar- Marduk, and if so, why?
1: Yeah, uh, you start with the uh, contending half-brother half Enki and Elnil, and, uh, and then you have uh, the repercussion of this uh, uh, first infight in the royal family uh, to the uh, next generation. And uh, basically you have uh, you, you have Constantly Enlil uh, trying to keep his power, of course, on his control, but w- not willing to give half of the world <laughs> uh, as it was uh, supposed to be uh, to Enki and his uh, descendant. Uh, so there is a an either, even even uh, bitter uh, feud between uh, Enlil and uh, Marduk, the firstborn of Enki. Uh, because Marduk, you, you know, the side of Enki and Ninma, uh, they are scientists, and, and they, their mind does not work in the, exactly in the same way. They are very, um, they are very uh, anticipating. They are very much uh, anticipating the future and on, on, on pondering what they are doing. And they have always plans after plans. You know. Plans in plans uh, about the future of humanity, and they know they know they, what they want. But the other side, you you have uh, a group of people at, apart from one son of Enlil, Ninurta, who is the son of Enlil and Ninma. Ninurta is going to be. Uh, a, a, uh, the chief of the armies of uh, Enlil and is going to be uh, uh, creating uh, weapons and uh, spaceships and everything. So he's some kind of scientist and engineer at least. But they, they have a deep, uh, they have a deep hate. There is no other words. They are hateful. They are full of uh, jealousy and wrath and anger and, um, the this anger on this wrath is uh at one point centering on Marduk and why why it's the same uh reason why they wanted and wanted the the to erase the wall of humanity using the deluge that they knew was coming. Uh, why? Because uh as I said Marduk was the chief of the Igigi, those who uh Orbit and observe. I mean, the astronaut. The Igigi was a Sumerian term. And Marduk, first son of Enki, was the chief of the astronaut, the Nephilim. And at one point, he also wanted to marry because he was all the time blocked by his anchor that did not wanted uh, him to marry. It's very strange. And so, if he falls in love at one point with uh, the daughter of a high priestess, priestess, high priest and high priestess, and, uh, and those, all the high priest and high priestesses were, uh, of mixed parentage. They, they are, they were half blood, or Anunnaki and Earthling. So, She's not exactly an earthling, but she's not a, also a full-blood uh, uh, Anunnaki. And Marduk falls uh, crazily in love, and uh, he wants to marry her just for love. And so he, go, he goes to his parents and asks their permission. They give their permission, Enki and uh, his wife Ninki. And, um, and then he marries her. And as soon as he married her, of course, all the, all the astronauts, uh, wanted also to marry. And that's what I said uh, before. So, but Enlil did not wanted, uh, the Anunnaki, uh, blood to be, uh, solid. What in his mind, you know, it was like, uh, and you you see this written very very clearly in the text of the book of Genesis uh, because when you have uh, the deluge and you have uh, the deity uh, getting so angry against humanity, uh, the reference uh, to uh, the fact that uh, the Nephilim has have taken women of their liking uh uh in the in the daughters of men with I, I mean among the daughters of men is uh stated very very clearly. Uh, so this was the reason. This was uh the, the reason was that uh Enlil uh wanted to erase humanity and he did not try only one time with the deluge he tried already two times before on a very long span of time. The first time he tried with um, um with a pandemia. Then the second time uh, he tried with starvation and, uh, and a terrible drought for a very, very long time and everything, everything was, all you, all the living, all the living were, uh, the sheep and the, on, on the trees and everything was dying. And of course human beings too. And and then you have—it's uh, the time of Noah, it's just before the deluge. And uh, Zuzudra uh, or Utnapishtim in, in the tablets, different languages, you know. And uh, so you have Zuzudra who goes to with a follower of Enki, uh, but he is also with uh, different gods. But he's a, he has a very, very strong relationship to Enki because Enki is his real father. He was fathered by Enki on the, on an earthling woman, and, and so he goes to uh, his father, basically, and he's uh, also his God, you know, and he say, Enki, Enki, uh, please help us, uh, we are all dying, the sheep are dying, uh, uh, all the vegetation is dying, uh, please help us uh, against, against the anger of the gods, it's a very incredible in the tablets. But, uh, and then Enki is, uh, taking uh, over, you know, the, the protection of his own people. And he's, uh, asking them to revolt and to make a strike and don't go to the temple to pray for your gods anymore and your goddesses. <laughs> this is very funny. And, and then he, he, he drives the revolt, uh, Toward uh breaking down the they had they had built walls to impede the earthling from reaching to the sea and being able to fish as there was no other uh, animals uh, to eat or seeds or whatever and uh, And him himself, of course, uh, helped them to do that, and then you have this incredible uh, confrontation of uh, Enki at the next assembly of the gods, meaning the royal family and uh, Enlil is absolutely furious, and he says uh, uh, "I had orders that uh, nobody should uh, help uh, the human being, that they should die and uh, and, uh, then, uh, the tablets, uh, say something very, very interesting. He say, the tablets say, and Enki was, uh, taken by a huge loaf, you know, and he started loafing and loafing and he looked at, uh, his half-brother, commander of Earth, and he said, what? Do you really imagine that I would, uh, slain my own people? And so this is uh, also when you, when you read the tablet, you, you can understand because it gives a psychology, uh, you can, you can see the, uh, the bias of, uh, in the values and you can recognize the personage. You would be given a tablet and you would see the text and you would say, okay, this is, uh, Enlil talking. This is, uh, Enki talking. You see?
0: This is why I want to go back to, to Marduk for a, se- a second, because this is fascinating. It's their own family, in a way. You know, Marduk is the, the the patron deity of Babylon. And when we think of the fall of Babylon, we think of that area of the world. You know, Merodach in Hebrew, the Chaldean word is actually Marduk. But then I think of Mars. Was Is there a relationship here, here between the planet Mars, Marduk, and and? the anunnaki the, and, and the you know how planet mars ceased to exist as a planet was it because of the same conflicts
1: your your question is very uh, complex and i'm going to answer only one part of it uh which is that when when they uh, st- uh, started crossing our solar system and they were attracted by the sun so their perigee was going to be near the sun and uh, the The tablets uh, not only they describe as I said uh, all the pl- the giant planet gaseous and all that one by one their color la la the moons uh three uh, moons uh, seven moons of uh, of another planet and but also they say that when they reach Mars, they had to stop. Uh, and, uh, because they needed some water and they needed to, uh, uh, to re- replenish, uh, their own, uh, everything, you know, themselves. And, and so they stop on Mars and, and they say that uh, clearly in the tablets that, uh, uh, Mars was, a, a a green world, uh, full of water, you know, with a giant uh, sea, uh, very green. And it's only, uh, it's only very recently in the last, uh, um, in the last uh, year or so that, uh, we have, uh, scientists like, uh, uh first of all, of course, uh, Hogland had, uh, always, uh, given a lot of information on Mars. Uh, and lately we have, uh, John Brandenburg, who is a physicist and, uh, who has, uh, worked a lot on Mars. And uh studied also the uh, all the the stones and the, and they found traces uh, of uh, life and the uh, green world and it's only recently in the last uh, few months that finally they accepted uh, to declare you know uh, that yes they had found traces of what they call uh, a paleo ocean. Uh, on Mars, a paleo, very, very ancient ocean, uh, which was a uh, huge, like a third of Mars, uh, towards the North Pole. Uh, and, uh, believe it or not, uh, you have to read, uh, John Brandesburg, uh, uh, books on Mars, but they found, uh, uh, traces of a nuclear explosion because you were talking about nukes and, uh, let's get back on that. Sure. It's a very, very important question. Uh, So we have the traces of uh, an ancient nuclear explosion that had to be artificial on Mars with exactly the same peaks uh, of the same uh, isotope as uh, we had in the explosion that were uh, uh, done in the Nevada desert. So it's a very, very specific uh, signature of a uh, of, uh, nuclear explosion that can be only artificial, aco- according to this expert. And now we have found, uh, maybe you know, and uh, many listeners know that we have found uh, ca- uh, skeletons that were highly radioactive in uh, uh, the Indus Valley, uh, different cities. And the Indus Valley civilization uh, which is on the Indus, uh, uh is uh dated like uh uh six thousand years ago uh I would say it's much uh older because this was the domain given to Inanna. and uh so it was a civilization with uh uh the main uh goddess the, the chief among the gods was a woman. And so it, uh, it corresponds perfectly well to Inanna. So those skeletons were, uh, you know, they were buried uh, like 10 or 12 meters. And when the archaeologists started to uh, take the uh, all this earth out, they got to a level where they, it was the level of the streets. And you know, at the level of the streets, they found um, something like three dozen or more bodies uh, I mean, skeletons, and, and they had been, uh, and they had, they had died instantly, uh, with a huge blow, and they were running, they were still holding hands, and, and they were suddenly flattened, you know, on, on, uh, on the, on the surface of the, of their street. And of course, you have immediately uh, some other people, uh, some other scientists that are going to say to explain away uh, what we've, what some of the other ones have found very clearly. <clears throat> and they are going, they started saying, uh, well, it was just a, a volcanic eruption, you know, but uh, however, so the the explanation is going all over the place. And nobody is uh, able to answer to that. But wait a minute, there is no volcano around at that, that time. Uh, so we have also found, according to Sichin, and he must have told you that, that uh, because he was talking about uh, the Sinai Peninsula, and they have found uh, also traces of uh, radioactive uh, um, isotopes nuclear uh, material um in uh in Palestine near the Sinai and of course Sitchin is talking about this giant uh trace on the on the on the earth itself but i I don't know myself about that but In the tablets, uh, we are told that, and and also, uh, let's say that the description of uh, the wife of uh, Lot uh, looking back on the, on becoming a statue, not of a statue of salt, you know. Uh, In fact, uh, Sitchin has corrected the translation on the uh, the tablets means, means, that she was vaporized and not uh, a statue of salt. And, and so you, you have, uh, you have a clear description and then you have, you have all those descriptions that are called lamentation, laments, you know, of all the cities in Sumer. Uh, but I go too quickly. Let me explain. Uh, what happened? He's, uh was a feud with Marduk, and Marduk, uh, as you said, was uh, king and god in uh, in uh, Babylon, and then he was constantly sent into exile for absolutely no reason, because he had done all the water works uh, and gave water to the wall of uh, Mesopotamia, so he was a fantastic uh, scientist and engineer like his father. And they always uh, find a way to uh, exile him, you know. And at one point, uh, of course, where does he go apart from Mars? Uh, And uh, he goes at one point into a town in in Palestine. And um, that is Sodom. And there, of course, he's uh, starting not uh, not yet to rebuild this temple, but he's uh, certainly going to do it. Uh, and he started uh, gathering the population around him, uh, just like you know, it was geographical at that time. The religion you have to understand that uh, if you were born in uh, in uh, Akkad, you were a devotee of Inanna, you were not a devotee of uh, Marduk. But if you are, if you were born in Babylon, you were a devotee of Marduk.
0: Marduk, right?
1: And he, of course, he, he was uh, he was the one to to be right in uh, all questions. Uh so that's so when he gets to Palestine he's uh, he's an Anunnaki, he's a god, you know he's is he's a lord, and immediately uh people start uh, going on and following him and they become followers of Marduk. So uh Enlil at that point is extremely upset and he decides uh they have an assembly of the gods and they want to slain Marduk. Forgetting that he is an Anunnaki, that he is a royal, that he is the son of Enki, and that uh, of course uh, neither uh, Ninma Enki or uh, Hermes uh, uh, have uh, given their agreement to this plan, but they are able with uh, Enlil and with uh, Ninurta on one son of uh, Enki who is always uh, against Marduk, uh, two brothers, enemy. You know they 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 repeat the the schema. And and so uh, Nergal, to name it him, and uh, so they they bend the arms of the whole assembly of the gods, and they are able at that point to uh, to have the permission to use nukes against Marduk in Sodom. But when uh, then Nergal is uh, teaming, um, making a team with Ninurta. The son of Enlil, the chief of his armies. And they go on in Africa and they unearth the, the ancient nukes that had been hidden by, uh, Enki. And, uh, and he thought, Enki thought uh, nobody knew where they were, but, uh, that's it. The secret was, uh, was given. And so they unearth the nuke. They have seven awesome, ab- obnoxious weapons in the text. And they put them on their uh planes and, uh, and and they are going to Palestine and first of all, this is a big mystery, but first of all they nuke uh the the, the spaceport that was on the C- Sinai. So this is absolutely impossible for us to understand. The same way they also destroy the tried to destroy the the Great Pyramid in uh, Egypt. And they literally destroy their spaceport with one nuke. Then they go and they destroy seven cities of Palestine. Uh, The first two we know, uh, Sodom, Gomorrah, and, and others.
0: Sodom, Gomorrah, Atma, Seboim, and Soar. But I just want to let the audience know that we have so much more when we come back with Dr. Chris Hardy. Questions such as, what kind of social organization did the Niberian civilization have? What kind of science and religious beliefs did they have? What was their psychological profile, since that's your your expertise? What do we know about the Niberian civilization on its own home planet? We know a lot of what happened when they came here. So a lot of this when we come back. But Chris, how can people buy DNA of the Gods and all your other books?
1: Well, they can look, uh, first of all, they can look at my web, uh, my uh, blog. You know, my blog is uh, Chris H, uh, each time you you put a dash in between. So Chris, Chris dash, H dash, Hardy, H-A-R-D-Y dash, my book name, uh, DNA of the God with the dashes and dot blogspot dot F-R. And on this uh, blog, uh, you will find my books uh, where you can buy them at uh, six or seven different uh, places, including, of course, uh, Amazon and my publisher, uh, Inner Traditions.
0: Great. And we have links on our website in case you didn't get the, the domain name for the blog. Folks, don't go anywhere. A very fascinating talk. DNA of the Gods, the Anunnaki creation of Eve and the Alien Battle for Humanity. So much more when we return. This is Mel Famburgus, and you are listening to Veritas. Don't go anywhere. Thank you for listening to the first segment of this very important interview. To listen to the rest, go to veritasradio.com and subscribe. You will receive your login immediately. We'll take a short intermission, listen to some music, and we'll be right back. Enjoy This is a kar sitching, and you are listening to a wonderful radio interview conducted by Mel.